Thank you for listening to Lone Star Community Radio. This program was broadcasted and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. Lone Star Community Radio is supported by listeners like you. Donate and sponsor today. For more information on getting involved with Lone Star Community Radio, contact us at lscrstudios at gmail.com or visit us online at www.irlonestar.com. That's right. You are listening to Mornings of Lone Star here on Lone Star Community Radio worldwide at irlonestar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and now currently broadcasting on YouTube and Facebook Live because I have a special guest today. Uh, you know, he's actually been in the studio before, and I saw a post about him not too long ago about how he got a promotion, and I wasn't even invited to the party for the big promotion. <laughs> we have Dr. Casey Patrick, who's now the medical director over at the Montgomery County Montgomery County Hospital District. I hope I got all that right, Doctor. Uh, Dr. Casey Patrick's in the studio. What's going on, man? Yeah, thanks for having me again. I missed the party myself. Oh, you did? You, yeah. you, they, they made you uh, start working day one, huh? No candles and cupcakes yet. I think I have to earn those. Oh, okay. Well, if people don't really know what's going on, uh, I put some links for the Montgomery County Hospital District. Uh, they're the uh, local, I guess I wouldn't call it a local. I don't really know. It's it's County oh. EMS 911 service provider. That's Yeah, that's that's the best way to put it. So when you dial 911, that's who you're talking to. In Montgomery County, you'll get a Montgomery County Hospital District EMS truck. Now, Montgomery County Hospital District, my... Uh, focus is the EMS service. There is uh, several other pieces to the hospital district in our county. We have uh, indigent care through our HCAPS program. Mm -hmm. We have community health and community paramedicine, public health, excuse me, and community paramedicine. And then all the other pieces that support our EMS mission, uh, the fleet department, radio department, uh, accounting, billing, uh, the administration side, um, facilities that keep everything up and running. So it is much more than just an EMS service. But as the medical director, uh, my primary role was interacting with the paramedics who will be on the red and blue uh, decaled trucks that show up in your driveway in Montgomery County if you call 911. You're kind of the overseer now. Um, on, I mean, on the back end, you're making sure everything, everyone is doing their job and you're also updating everybody. Because I imagine information has to has to flow down yeah i mean it's uh, what an ems medical director does is very service and location dependent and different ems medical directors have different answers to that question yeah. for us i mean we talk about what what i oversee and what what our team oversees it is the clinical care the medical care that the paramedics the emts the amts in the county provide and it's a huge county and in a large system with 300-plus uh, clinicians providing care in the county. So reaching them within that 1,100-square-mile radius is, is not an easy task. And we also have 13 first responder organizations or uh, fire departments, uh, for the most part, um, under uh, our medical direction as well. So there's literally thousands of folks out there uh, doing CPR, providing epinephrine for anaphylactic shock, defibrillating yeah. cardiac arrhythmias every single day. And so reviewing those charts, uh, making sure things are, are running smoothly and properly, providing education for the, the weak spots, introducing new protocols and, and new medicine into the county. Yeah, I guess in the end, that's, that's my primary role. I feel lucky to have you here this morning because it sounds like you're very busy. Uh, it's, it's good busy. <laughs> I enjoy it. I'm, 
couldn't be. Well, you were a paramedic yourself, weren't you? No, I was not a paramedic. That's uh, that's probably a significant hole in my resume in this world. I uh, went to medical school at the University of Kentucky, did my emergency medicine uh, residency training at Indiana University in Indianapolis, and I've been here in Conroe since 2009 uh, practicing as an emergency physician. So, oh, okay. So I remember you've been here for a while. Yep, I've been here for almost 15 years. I've been in uh, several of the county emergency departments. Hopefully none of your listeners have had to had to see us because <laughs> generally it's not a great day. Yeah. Well, no, we were just talking about that off the air was, you know, it, it, when you're working as an EMS driver, it's never like the person who you're riding with, the person who has to ride with you is not usually having the greatest day. No, it was, uh, so it's, it was several years into the job where I realized no one ever wants to come see me. It's a bad day. And once, yeah. you, once you swallow that and digest it a little bit, it makes it easier to understand sometimes when people are less than happy to see me. Uh, but in the end, my, my my training is in an emergency medicine. You're, you're numb to it all, so it's like, Mom, I don't care. Like, I, numb. No, I'm just kidding. I, 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 no, I, didn't, I didn't mean it like that. I'm just saying it's just uh, the idea behind it. Because what they, I want to understand is the Montgomery County Hospital District, hypothetically, say it was erased tomorrow, is, is the infrastructure, because y'all provide the infrastructure for all the medical transportation stuff, for the county, pretty much, like I would say, a high percentage of it, right? All nine one one. So I EMS mean, transports in the county. So yeah, because I, I was thinking about this because you guys have been around for like what over thirty years. Yeah, there's been some uh, name changes and stuff. Changes, and there was. Uh, uh, you know, but our, I, I was sorry, I'm just trying to like, I'm trying to think. It's like, so if y'all didn't exist, what would the current situation be for all these hospitals? Like, basically, the nine one one would be handled by Houston. No, I mean, there's various ways that you can structure EMS in this yeah. country. You can, in, for instance, in the Northeast, a lot of the Northeast states, EMS is run through the hospitals themselves. Very, very common. Interesting. Very common uh, setup in Houston, for example. SciFair, EMS, and fire are combined. So EMS is under the fire department's umbrella. Okay. See, I, um, this is what I love to understand because... You know, you look at how great a service is, and you try to mimic that somewhere else. And, like, I, Montgomery County Hospital District has been working pretty hard all over the place. Because well, I remember when COVID was going on, we were getting updates primarily through them. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really strange. And I was like, but not in a bad way, but it was like, these guys are just doing everything, aren't they? Like, well, that's the public health portion yeah. of, of our organization, and, and they do an excellent job. Honestly, you know, I'm sure you could— move the pieces and change it but we have a very very solid foundation we have decades of experience and there are a lot of folks within the organization who have literally been at mchd for decades yeah well, it was we have, dedicated to montgomery i think that's the neatest thing about it is that's the that's who they're putting first is the yeah. montgomery county hospital so we have an elected board and the elected board are the ones that provide you know, financial and budgetary oversight. So yeah. if we want a new truck or if we want new stretchers or we want new ventilators, you know, that all has to clear through our elected officials. It's, you know, it's, it's funny. I was thinking about this because when I knew you were coming in, I saw the new uh, mail mail cars, the mail, the new electronic ones you were talking about, the mail trucks. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, I wonder what would happen if somebody updated an EMS unit top of the line all the new toys and technology how crazy that would be compared to like 30 years ago i would i would argue that our trucks probably from a 
not probably our trucks from a technologic standpoint are futuristic relative because really? i've never been in one and yeah. unfortunately fortunately i've never been in one but i was thinking because you know those mail trucks have been around i mean every time you see them you're like that but that truck's at least 20 years old and i'm sitting there thinking not not saying the medical ones are going to be old but it's just the technology that they have today and how you can do readings and all that kind of stuff it's got to be wild yeah i mean we can we can track our trucks uh, our trucks have uh, driver safety cams they alert when you well, see, reach certain speeds when you reach certain you know turn forces. Well, you're not bet, counting all the medical equipment I, I, that's on there. I bet what you can't wait for is all the electronic cars going to be on the roads, and then when you turn on your lights, it sends a message to all the e vehicles, and they have to pull over automatically. You have no control over it, and like the, the EMS unit can just go. If you are listening out there, and <laughs> that you, doesn't and, happen, and you see us behind you, please do your best, or in front of you, do your best to pull over safe for everyone involved. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, I, I, I always I always love it on certain roads out here because I will say some of the roads are curvy and you're like, you have no idea what's going on. And then all, you actually don't even hear it before you see it a lot of the times. I feel like that with me. But, you know, everyone's pulling over. Everyone seems to be doing OK. I don't think there's ever. What's the worst road here in Montgomery County? I guess 45. Yeah, I mean, no 45 from just, from just, you know, high speeds. But yeah. there's there are several. You know, in the end, we are very proactive with trying to minimize the use of lights and sirens and high-speed driving to only utilize that procedure. We treat it as a procedure. Yeah, I remember us, us talking about mm-hmm. this. Yeah, we try to make sure that we only use it when it is a time-sensitive situation yeah. for the patient. Otherwise, it puts the patient in the public and the paramedics at greater risk without benefit and there's very compelling and strong data to support that you know 20 years ago we did run lights and sirens in the terminology that we use inside the building run hot fast whatever you want to call it to all calls and we realized that not all calls warrant that it doesn't mean that that call is not urgent it just means that we want to balance the risk with the benefit and look at he, literature and data and try he's to calling that. us all horrible drivers is what he's calling us and i agree we're all terrible drivers here in texas because we want to do our own thing uh i'm just kidding no way I'm kidding. no way i'm kidding no i think that's uh i remember you told me that i was really shocked because it made total sense to me and then especially with the way y'all train your ems units to really comprehend i would say like you know realistically two days of data all in two minutes in a minute because you're you're on a phone call you're probably dealing with somebody who doesn't know how to explain it to you in the way it's best and then you're trying to gather all this information before you get to point a and when you get to point a you have to assess and then you're like all right let's get back to point b how are we going to do this yeah i mean it it starts with our dispatch center which our dispatch center is is accredited out the wazoo they are really the first point of contact for everyone in the county from a medical standpoint and they're making just split second very complex decisions with a phone conversation and oftentimes a phone conversation with a caller who's distraught rightfully so they are trauma adjacent cardiac arrest adjacent their family member their loved one sick and struggling and then we're going to ask them questions and try to uh, work our way down a very detailed, specific flow sheet to send the right truck from the right place with the right crew um, at the right 
uh, rate of speed, you know, their job is is exceedingly difficult because, like you said, they're on the very front end of the patient pathway, and they have limited information. They don't even have eyes on the patient. Well, I want to say y'all have a program, like a 911 program that you can sign up for as like a citizen. Like I can sign up and y'all have certain information on me. Uh, We offer lots of community I forgot what it was though. I, this is, I'll try to find it because I remember it was something where you could sign up and it's something with your phone and with your contact. It's all this kind of cool tech stuff. So it's it's unique to Montgomery County Hospital District. So when you do get a call, unfortunately, like they have some. I for, I'll look it up. I'll find out. Yeah, I mean we have you know lots of lots of ways that you can become more involved with what we do. Stop the bleed, CPR, safe sitter, uh, lots of programs where you know we can help the the public be more medically inclined and medically knowledgeable. Um, I'll find it. I'll find it. But you know, one thing I got to ask because you did get a promotion. What's like the what's the big goal this year then? Because this is relatively new. You got, I want to say you got announced like last month or something like that. Yeah, I guess it, I'd probably be remiss if I didn't you know thank my predecessor, Dr. Rob Dixon. Yeah, it, uh, really mentor and he retired, uh, correct? Friend, yeah, retired uh, EMS leader, uh, emergency physician uh, expert. A clinician, just very lucky to have gotten to be his assistant for almost 10 years and really learn the ropes. Um, 100%, I would not be in this chair talking to you if it weren't for him. But yeah, for the next year, I, I want to find my footing um, and figure out how I best fit in the organization. Um, we have some equipment changes looming on the horizon that will probably be the big focus for me clinically. Uh, is this that, year is that something when equipment it has to be changed is that something that comes from the state or is that something from or is it just kind of like hey the best practice this this year this come this new thing came out so it's the best way to it, not the state necessarily sometimes it can be we need to advance because of evidence informed advances i.e there's a new product that's better uh, we are replacing our ventilators uh, in the first quarter so that's coming up next month our ventilators are at the end of life from a product maintenance standpoint. Okay. Um, so that's just a necessary, yeah. necessary, uh, replacement. Uh, we're going with a, a more robust, hopefully solid, um, these things, you can throw them from, uh, the top of the skyscraper. That's they're, intense. They're, they were built and designed for the military and in desert storm and Iraq okay. and Afghanistan. And so I believe they will with, withstand Montgomery County. We'll see. Um, we're very pleased with their capabilities. Um, they'll be on every truck. So if you need respiratory support in Montgomery County, you'll get it with new ventilators starting that. here pretty soon. And then our primary airway maintenance, our airway management device you see on movies and TV shows, uh, when they place into tracheal tubes, you use a tool called a laryngoscope. That's the blade that goes snakes down the tongue and into the uh, posterior airway and we place tubes through the vocal cords into tracheal tubes. Uh, We use video laryngoscopy here in Montgomery County. We have for well over a decade. Uh, We were definitely on the uh, front end of that technology. Uh, Big big thanks and uh, props to to past medical directors. Um, uh, Dr. Mark Escott was involved in that decision and that was very very beneficial for our patients but at 10 to 12 years, those devices are uh, ending. They've been in enough throats. They're ending That's their life, their lifespan as well. So 
we hopefully will be able to look at new recording video laryngoscopes. Um, we'll add some technology there. The idea that recording piece is important to me yeah. as an educator. So now not only will we use a video camera to place the scopes on the truck, on scene, on the side of 45, myself and the quality team will have the ability to pull those video clips, watch them, and provide education and feedback to the paramedics after the call. Our current scopes did not record. That was not technology that existed in 2012, 2013. That's a storage issue. It's always a storage issue. Yeah, and this will be uh, definitely a storage issue from a HIPAA-protected standpoint. We'll have to make sure that we dot those I's and cross those T's, but it will really add an educational feedback plus for the service because not only will you manage that patient real time, but after the chaos settles three days, four days, a week later, we'll be able to review all those calls and provide both mechanical and procedural feedback. Yeah. Also, what you see in in real time in chaos versus what you see from the comfort of a, a chair like this, oftentimes I know from my own practice can vary, and it will be a really excellent tool for us to get even better than we are now at, at managing those difficult airways. Yeah, because I know uh, here at the, at the station we actually had an incident where I believe the man had a brain aneurysm, I want to say, because we were recording a show and there's a lot of people in the studio and I started hearing slurred speech. And I was like, and I peek around the corner and I look at him and I was like, oh, that guy's going to pass out. And he did. And then the doctor, I got a phone call, like, hey, do you have footage of it? And I'm like, actually, I do. I actually have a camera right on him. And I, you can literally see it go from here, like, he's doing fine, doing fine. And then he starts stumbling, 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 stumbling. Boom, done. So I sent that to him, and apparently it helped out because, like you said, it, it's all about educating and things like that. I think that's kind of cool, especially one thing I like what, uh, what y'all do is y'all have your own uh, podcast. And it's more focused on the EMS drivers and the, uh, basically everyone involved in the whole Montgomery County Hospital District, the way you do your, your episodes. But it's free to the public, meaning like you can go on YouTube and go to mm -hmm. the Montgomery County Hospital District YouTube, and you can check out your show. You're the one that hosts it. Yes. So, And you kind of you – I think y'all do like one a month usually? We, we're at one a month now. We've been working on the podcast now for over four years. We're yeah. headed on our, our fifth, fifth birthday um, coming here pretty soon. We really came up with the idea just due to the fact that it's it's a huge county and we have literally thousands of providers out there every day. And as much as I would love to sit down in small groups individually with each of them, it's a, there's one of me and you know fifteen hundred plus of them. So, yes, we have mandatory education programs every quarter. So I do see all of our MCHD uh, medics, EMTs, AMTs every quarter. And that's very, very important to me to get to see them so you can try to build that personal relationship as a teacher. But it's not enough. And so how do we spread our clinical message? How do we provide space repetition from an educational standpoint on new protocols, new initiatives, areas where we need to shore some things up and the podcast really grew out of that problem yeah it was and that's neat because when i listened to it, i was like this isn't for me this, he's talking about something specific here but then it was more educational than anything because it's like oh this is that world i've never been in that world before and, and we try to make it nice and compact everybody's got a 20 to 30 minute 
commute here in Montgomery County, so we try to keep that 20 to 30-minute range, and we really try to make it no fluff. We don't do a lot of banter or chitter-chatter. We keep it pretty clinically oriented, so it is is an emergency medical podcast for for our providers. We found some definite advantages and pluses that we didn't expect early on. Uh, We've had tons of success and positive feedback in recruiting which in EMS today, post-COVID, this wasn't a problem that we anticipated when we started this five years ago, but the paramedic workforce took a pretty decent beating, like a lot of healthcare did, um, over the pandemic. And so now for us to have this as an avenue to outreach without trying to outreach to medics who are looking for jobs that are coming out of paramedic school that may be relocating from the East Coast, the West Coast, the Midwest, every new employee onboarding session that we have and I I speak to all the new employees before they start Uh, we usually do a quick poll who's a podcast listener and the hands fly up and so that's something that we didn't expect it's been a real plus for the service and for the people of Montgomery County it's helped us maintain our recruiting and maintain our staffing on the trucks at least in some small way so we're we're proud of that Um, and it's just a way to talk medicine with the medics without having to sit in front of them and doing it doing it in an asynchronous way that they can access easily on their drive. So we're proud of it. No, I, I think that's something and I'm kind of amazed at everything you do personally, because now I'm learning, especially with your new position, because you're, uh, if people don't know who I'm talking to, I'm talking to Dr. Casey Patrick. He's the new medical director at the Montgomery County hospital district. And you are kind of overseeing pretty much. It sounds like, are your, your hands are in kind of all aspects of what's going on on in the field. Cause I can't even think about going to a truck and th- looking at every piece of equipment and then doing the research about what new trucks are doing and then not even, not even start new procedurals with human beings. So now, I mean, cause you have the truck and then you have the human being in the truck and then you have the process that both of them combined try to give the best service to the patient. And that can be, I mean, that's, that's, that could be like a one-person job all year just researching that. Well, thankfully, so. thankfully, I've got an amazing team. There very little happens in the organization with you know my decisions solely. Most everything. Oh, you don't go, You're not the dictator yet. No, oh, that's director. And, oh, I thought it was medical no, dictator. Okay. No dictator. I, uh, no, nor do I want to be because honestly, like like we said before, I, you know, I'm not a paramedic. I'm an emergency physician. So I tell our what's medics, the difference in that? Tell me, help me out with that. Well, paramedic. Uh, training is, you know, they don't they don't go to med school, they don't go to residency. It's yeah. a separate it's a separate training path. But I would see you at the hospital. You would see me at the hospital, okay. not and, in the ambulance. Okay, so that so, makes okay. Now I understand. I'm talking yeah. about where the where, where are the bodies. Yep. So I'm I'm in the emergency department, and so there. While we do a lot of very similar things clinically, when it comes to how the patient and the truck interacts, for example, how the uh, dispatch center dispatches the trucks, how we order the trucks, how the supplies are placed on the trucks. Yeah. Um, those things are really well, well outside of my wheelhouse. And so we have lots of other folks in the organization that handle those pieces when they overlap with the medical side. The wonderful part about my job and about, about our team is that we are very much a team and there is lots of cross department information flow. And so if it's something that does tread into the medical realm I'm always involved and it's a really excellent spot to be as a medical director I also have a team of uh, clinical folks that I work with that 
are just amazing at the jobs that they do. We have folks that review all of our high-risk charts and bring those to us weekly. Um, I have. I guess we could just ask the hospitals how y'all are doing. You, we can, and we do. We because y'all, are, that's where you're kind of going, right? When you pick someone up, you're going to one of the all. The, there's so many hospitals now in this area. We value our hospital relationships greatly here in Montgomery yeah. County. We've worked a lot longer than I've been at MCHD to be a partner with them because really in the continuity of patient care, we're the front end and the hospitals, you know, take over from us. And so we spend a lot of time in collaborative meetings, collaborative projects with all of our hospital partners to make sure that we're communicating. Yeah, that's what I mean. Our needs, our patients needs, and that they have the chance to give us feedback on the back end. You know, Howard. So, yeah, I get a lot of great job phone calls from our hospital partners. I do get a fair number of, hey, well, I mean, can you take a look at this one? Phone calls from our hospital partners. And if we didn't have those relationships, those contacts and those phone calls wouldn't really be as easy. And in some communities, in some situations, there's an adversarial relationship between the hospitals and EMS. Um, not the case here in Montgomery County. Hey, We're cooperative and we work and I, together. And I think that's really important. I think the Montgomery County Hospital District chose a good director, medical director, and you because one thing I've I know I've known you for a little while, and one thing I love about you is your ability to wanting to learn. And it's not like from a high end perspective or low. It's like we just need to, we need to learn because that's how we improve this <laughs> field. And yeah, it's hard, it, and no one's going to bat a thousand in this in this job yeah. and in, in a complex call if you're on scene for 20 minutes and you have a 20 minute transport time the medic may have 40 minutes with that patient and literally make hundreds of decisions yeah so uh, we really ride, we really try to start from that foundation none of us are perfect we get up in the morning we want to come take the best care of the community as possible if we start there and we put our patients first and we put our time in with the protocols and we know our protocols and we know our truck then we've got a starting foundation. Are we going to be perfect from that point forward? No way. But if we don't look at our system from an oversight standpoint, then we can't guide the system properly as far as protocols and how the truck's set up. And then the individual medics fall in that same bucket. If we don't watch and follow our high-risk charts, then we don't find weak points that the medics have or weak points that we may have in that we didn't educate it well to start with. So... We do get feedback from the hospitals as far yeah. as our performance goes, but part of monitoring our performance is, is our own job to monitor that as well. And we take, I well, take was like, that. you're doing that. Like, we take it seriously. It's, yeah. it's kind of like working for you sounds really tiresome. Uh, <laughs> no way. I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm somebody just kidding. out there may be rolling their eyes and like, yeah, he emails me at eight o'clock at night. I believe it. I totally believe it. Now, uh, I want to I want to thank you for coming in. Is there anything else you want to cover? Because I know you got a lot going on, and I, I I'll put a link to the YouTube channel for the Montgomery Montgomery County Hospital District. And then uh, congratulations once thank again you. for thank you the new medical director position. And uh, yeah, I guess I have to plug you know plug the podcast MCHD Paramedic Podcast. Yeah. If you'd like to learn more about us and what we do, it's a good place to start. That's number one. Number two, I just can't thank. Uh, the organization, the administrative uh, crew, the executive staff uh, for putting their trust in me uh, to do this job. It's, I'm lucky, I'm thankful, and we're going to work as hard as we can to continue providing the highest quality EMS care for our patients at the county. And anybody out there who has any questions, comments, you know, I, my, my door is open 
I feel like I work for the organization, I work for the medics, work for the community, and that's a pretty cool spot to be in. All right, guys, if you're uh, just now tuning in, Dr. Casey Patrick, medical director for the new medical director for the Montgomery County Hospital District. You're listening to Mornings of Lone Star here on Lone Star Community Radio. I know we were supposed to have Son from Dragon Ball C Z on C, Dragon Ball C, C in. Uh, unfortunately, he had to cancel, but he's going to be back. Don't worry, don't worry. Uh, but you've been listening to Mornings of Lone Star here on Lone Star Community Radio, IRLoneStar.com, Worldwide, and Condors FM 104.5, 106.1. I'm out. So uh, I think what the next live show is going to be the Cindy Cochran Show. That will be later today. So stick around for more community radio on Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast. Create your first 